Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for another beautiful day, a, a day that is given to us, Lord God. We, we, we remember that our lives are in your hands. And Father, so today we just pray that as we walk with you, Lord God, in this life that you've given us, that we would glorify you, that we would love you, honor you, and cherish you today, Father. Even on this day of Valentine's Day in the world, Lord God, um, we just want to remember our first love to you, Lord God, and remember what you've done in our lives, to our lives, and how you've transformed us for all of eternity. So we honor you, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us through your word today. Let it be alive and cutting into our hearts, our souls, and our minds. In your beautiful name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So um, today, obviously, it's Happy Valentine's. You know, and uh, there's a song that my wife and I used to play by, um, I can't remember the name of the crew, it's another rap group. We're kind of old school, we're back from the, you know, the original rapper's crew. Um, but it was, uh, the song was, Outcast. it was Outcast, that's it. And they're not a great rap group, by the way, don't listen to them in terms of the message that I give. But they had one song, and it, that song was called, it was Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Every day is the 14th, right? So they were saying, happy Valentine's. So in life today, Valentine's Day, I was, I was taking my daughter Aaliyah to school on my motorbike, and then there's guys that never are there suddenly appear with roses and flowers, selling them. And I'm like, but you're not there on the other days. But because today is Valentine's Day, you can make excuses. Now, obviously, the world uses it to make more money. It makes sense. Everybody goes out to dinner. And, you know, you can look at it either like gnarly, like, meh, Valentine's, whatever. You know, I'm already married. But actually, for me, if, if, if you so feel like you want to make an effort on that day, obviously, for my wife and I, we celebrate the day that we first started to date. So we have double anniversary. And then we celebrate our anniversary. Any excuse to celebrate. And if you show a desire to do Valentine's Day, you can too. But... Um, my point is this, like that song says, Happy Valentine's Day. Every day is the 14th. So what does that mean? It's a love walk. It's not a love destination. It's not a love event, right? So our walk with our, with our wife or our family, especially with God, should not just be a destination on a Sunday or on a Friday night or on a Wednesday afternoon, or in a youth, or in a couple gathering. So often, the walk with God, we forget that it's actually a love walk. Because what brought us salvation was love. For God so loved that He gave, right? So love gives. And so I want to challenge us today with this message. And I'm trying to be super funky and cool that it's Valentine's. But actually, it's every day. This is an everyday message. I'm going to call this the love walk, right? The love walk. Daily. Every single day. It's a love walk. So I want to open up because before you know God, you have an old life and your love walk was looking or should be looking very different to your new life with God. There's, there's a before and after, for sure. When you meet God, everyone's testimony here, if you've encountered God, has a before Christ, after Christ, right? 
And this is where the worry is. Sometimes the evidence of the after Christ, like after you've met God and the changed life, isn't so claro. It gets murky. Some of the old self is still lingering on in the new self that God has given us. And I want to talk today that the love walk starts with a heart transplant, not an ukai ukai fix. All of us get transplanted. He says, you are a new creation, right? So when God touches us and starts that birth of a new, that's why you're born again, the birth of a new love walk, you're new. The old is gone. But what I want to talk about is in our love walk, like I said, this is a walk, not just a one-time event or a destination. Let's look at some of the markers in life because we want to be practical with the word. You don't want to just know it here. You want to be transformed, actually, first of all, in your heart and then let that affect your mind. So let's look up Ephesians chapter 4 and we'll go into chapter 5 as well. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 5, actually. This is the definition of a love walk with God. And Ephesians chapter 5, I don't know if in your Bible, but it actually starts it, the title is Walk in Love. Okay? It says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Point number one, verse one, we imitate God. Now, what does that look like? This is my point. This is the foundation. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What a beautiful picture. A fragrant offering that was given to us. So love first gives, right? And I, I was, I was uh, browsing through the internet and one of our good friends, a pastor in California, she, she put up this uh, little text statement and it said, hey, think about this, friends. Love gives, but, love, uh, but lust, the opposite of love, lust takes away, takes. Now just think about that. That's quite a powerful statement. And I, and I was meditating on, the, on these scriptures, and you think about it. The next part is this, the flip side of walking in love. It's just one element. This is about sexual immorality. But our immorality can affect us in all areas of life. It says this, but sexual immorality, this is uh, verse 3, uh, and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. So like sexual immorality, like doing things that are unclean. So if you're in a relationship that's unclean today and you're going too deep with your mind, your body, and your spirit is being joined up, not in holy matrimony, then I would challenge you that today, being that it's Valentine's Day, every day is the 14th, the love walk is that to walk in purity. The flip side is to walk in purity. But let me just, let me backtrack a little bit before we break down that. Because actually, today I want us to test our own hearts. To check our own lives. Um, and with these markers, the Bible is so clear about how we can see whether we're walking in true love or not. Jump back to chapter 4 and verse 17. And we're going to read a few sections right through here, okay? So these are the markers or the evidences of the new life that we have in Christ. 
But actually what it talks about is to know what the new markers are, we need to understand what the old markers are, the things that linger at times in our lives. Now let's start with this, verse 17 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, like your old self, right? In the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. I want to I just talk about this. The heart, it says due to the hardness of the heart. So they're walking with the futility, with the darkness in their mind, but that's founded from the hardness of the heart. And you see, God knows that. And he's so gracious to us that he does something about that. So let's read on. Verse 19, they have become callous. Like, you know what a callous is? Have you ever, right? When your skin gets hard because of over and over repetition doing the same thing, eventually you don't feel it. Like for me, I've been lifting weights for so many years that I have calluses here and I don't really have feeling in them anymore. But the, the more you do the same thing over and over again, you lose the feeling. Your consciousness dies, right? So listen to this. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So the more you practice these things of the old self, the more dead you become to that walk of life. So let's jump on to verse 22. Okay, let's verse 21. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So assuming that all of us here, hearing this message, you've heard about Christ, right? It says this, you need to, verse 22, to put off your old self. Here we go. Here's the old versus the new, which belongs to your former manner of life, to your former nature, right? In other words, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires. Now, I'm pretty sure every one of us here knows that there are desires in our heart that are either pure or deceitful, that are either love or lust. Love seeks to give, lust seeks to take. And actually, when, when you look at your life, if you're looking at an impurity in your life, it not only takes, like you're feeding a, a, a craving, but it also steals from yourself, not only from others potentially, but you steal from the perfect plan that God has for yourself. Sayang, how sad that you miss the perfection that God has already in store for you. And this is why the word is so important. It cuts through, okay? The love walk needs to cut because there is no gray in love. If I walk in grayness in my marriage, I will not be walking in love, right? I need to either walk in purity or it's impure, right? It's either holy or it's unholy. There's no middle ground. And it says, it's verse 23, and to be renewed... Um, in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. So I was talking about created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, things that are not you. What is false? Opposite to truth. So the way that we live, if you're living still with some of these old things, it's not the truth. It's not who you are. It's the old you, and that's not what defines you, but it can drag you, okay? That's not a love walk. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. 
Be angry and do not sin. Wow. Right? The flip side of that is you're angry and you sin. <laughs> do not let the sun go down on your anger. And I'm going to break down what that, what that looks like in terms of markers in our lives, okay? And give no opportunity to the devil. All of these things open the pathway for the devil to drag us down, to steal, to kill, and to destroy your very identity. Verse 28, and here we go. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 21, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Chismiz, gossip, corruption, right? But only such as is good for what? For building up, not tearing down. As fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Wow. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now, I know that's a huge chunk um, of, 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 of processes to think about. So I'm going to highlight a few of them, and I would respectfully ask you guys to ask God, is there any area in my life where this old me is still lingering or could be controlling me. And I can't seem to shake it off. And there's, there's an answer for that today, okay? So the markers or the evidence of the new life, the old, let's call this, versus the new, right? We all wanna be new. Nobody likes ukai ukai really, although you like a bargain, but really you want new, right? So the old person, the old you will be doing this. You'll be mind-led, mind-driven, not hard. Just think about it. Like it says, don't be quick to anger that leads to sin. If, if your mind is racing and constantly crabby, think about the words. He said, don't let any corrupt things come out of your mouth. What drives that is it's your mind. It's the desire to win for yourself, to take what, what you feel belongs to you. The opposite of love. Remember I said love gives, right? So you're mind driven. Just ask God, is that, is that me? Lust-driven. Here's a few things. You're driven by desires to fulfill your own desires. You're driven to do in order to get what you want. That's lust. It could be money. It could be sexual. It could be, um, you know, some people only want to help others so that they can feel powerful. That's lust. That's not love for the other person. What, what's the word like when people are um, stuck on helping one another? They're codependent. Ever heard that? Like, you, you know, somebody is on drugs or something, and instead of helping that person get off drugs, they just come as the savior all the time. That's not love. That's lust. That's mind-driven. That's selfish. They're greedy. Or maybe they're looking always at other things, and so they're envious. There are things in our lives, and these are all things that drive the flesh, okay? They're deceitful. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, above all others, the heart is deceitful. Who could even understand it? So you know when it says, go love yourself, today's the day, YOLO, you only live once. We've heard all of that on social media. It's deceitful. It's impure. So if there's any impurity in your motives, ask God today. 
These are old things that can drag you down, that can chain you up. In Sa Young, you won't be able to run. I was talking about this to, to the school last week in one of our, our preaches, and I said sin entangles your neck. It, it, it wraps it around your, your throat, and then it puts it in a cart of unrighteousness. You wonder why you can't walk very easily. You wonder why you can't run. You wonder why you can't breathe. You're dragging unrighteous acts. And those sins are just tangling themselves and, and cutting off the oxygen that God wants to breathe on you. This is the old you. The beauty of this today is this isn't who you are. If you have accepted Christ, if you have said, I no longer live for myself, but Christ lives in me, then this isn't you. It is a lie. But we need to live and walk daily. Every day is the 14th. This is the love walk. So let's look at the flip side. The new life it says this. When, when we read these scriptures, if you want to read it through yourselves, it says, do you cast off your old life? What is it to cast something off? You ever seen in the movies? Yeah, you throw it away like it's never going to come back again. You see those movies um, where there's a murder weapon or something, and they, like, they take the gun and they throw it to the farthest depths of the sea and it sinks down so nobody will ever get it ever again, right? Or, or the Lord of the Rings and the ring, the one, my precious... You must cast this off into the fiery furnace of the flames of the mountain. Right? You cast it off so that it doesn't come back. Are you living your life in such a manner? This is my question. Or is your cast off still connected with a little string hidden underneath? Because it's a little safety net. <laughs> I know it's tough. But this is what it means to walk daily. Because you see, we can say it. Yes, Lord. To your will and to your way, I cast off my old self. But I'm going to hold on just a little bit. My pinky finger is just touching it. <laughs> Nobody can see this. That's not casting it off. That's a partial. So to live the new life means an absolute determination to surrender completely. And to trust in faith that God, as you cast off, he's going to give you new life which is what he promises. The cast off of the old life, nothing hanging on. That's what I mean. Don't leave any bells. Don't leave a door. It said, don't leave the door open for the devil to come back in, for sin. It's like something that's crouching outside your door, waiting to pounce if you leave the door just partially open. Shut it fully. Trust God. And these are the reasons why some of those things are entangling us. So many folks will speak to my wife and I, and we start to talk about their lives or their lifestyles or things that they've done. And they say they, they gave everything to the Lord, but then you slowly discover, hey, you're still holding on to that pain. You're still holding on to that fear from the past. You're not looking at your partner or your friend or your family the way Christ did, which was to completely forgive, to let go and let God, all of this. So nothing hanging on. You have a renewed mind. Now this is cruel, right? Remember what I said, the mind is what controls the old self. But actually, the new mind, it says you put on the mind of Christ. But what, where does that start? Through the heart transplant. Not the fix up, but the transplant. Now I want you guys to jump with me to uh, Ezekiel, chapter 11. Uh, let's look at verse 17 to 20. 
This is what it looks like, and this is the desire of God. This is the joy that we have today. That's why every day is the 14th, because it's a beautiful walk with God. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 17. Let's just read this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel. What does that paint a picture of? I'm going to bring you back from the brink and the outskirts of life. From the loss. You've been scattered. Without Christ, you're lost. You're like that sheep that's wandered off, okay? God says, I will bring you back. This is amazing, okay? This is God speaking. And when they come here, they, um, uh, and when they come there, verse 18, they will remove from it all its detestable things, and all its abominations. So when you come into where God has called you to be, these things will be removed. But let's check this out. Verse 19. And this is what God gives us today. And I will give them one heart. Not a divided heart, but one heart, right? And a new spirit. You hear the word new? One heart, new spirit, and I will put within them. Uh, the, uh, an, and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Our hearts get so hard sometimes that we don't understand. Remember I said that scripture, above all other things, the heart is the most deceitful. That's the heart of stone. God says, I will remove it and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Why? Because it's malleable, ready for God to reshape and rebuild. And this is why. Verse 20, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. This is our story of salvation, folks. This is our love story. You know, if you don't know anything else to share with people, I said like in the beginning, any opportunity to give, just share the love story. If you don't have a testimony, just say, you know what? I'm so thankful that God changed my heart which then in effect transformed my mind and has therefore changed my life for all of eternity. God gives us one heart that beats for Him. Why does He say one heart? Because a divided heart beats for multiple things. That is lust. That is, that is a, not a love walk. That's just like a partial love. He says, I give you one heart. One heart that beats only for Him. Ask yourself this today. Does your heart beat only for God? Or are you being drawn? Or are they some old things that you're holding on to that you need to get rid of? Our spirit is made new and he removes our hearts of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. This is the evidence of a new life. The most powerful thing about this is it's only God that can do this and change our hearts. There's so many self-help books and videos and gurus online, isn't there? You just type in to be the better you. Team me. Team myself. Team fix it. I'm going to do this, right? You notice they're always in the same cycle. The same sinful nature, the, the result of that lust and that craving to serve oneself will always bear its own fruit, which is never satisfying. That's why they look from one to the next to the next until they fully surrender their hearts to God. So therefore, no, no good deeds or even intentions can give you a new heart. That's just a patch up, right? This is what I mean. You can walk... 
to a destination of love on a Sunday morning. You hear Pastor Gary preach. You may feel challenged for that Sunday and you turn up on the Wednesday, but by the time Thursday comes, you're back to your old self, right? That is not a transformation. That's a patch-up. Patch-ups will never suffice. You will never you will always be hungry. You will always be thirsty. That's why Jesus said, I have something that you will never thirst or hunger for again. It, but it's only in Him. My body, my spirit, my life that I give. So trying to change by ourselves is absolutely futile. And this is the joy that we have today, guys. Because if we try to do it ourselves, you're just doing a patch-up job. We can't give ourselves a new heart. It's impossible. Only the Creator can do that. And by His grace... He says, I am giving you a new heart, right? So if you walk in the light, if you walk, so therefore there are these markers in our lives that we can look at. I'm just going to throw a few more of them out there to you because I'm going to ask God, and I pray that you'll ask the Lord to highlight any areas that you can ask for forgiveness. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5, right? And we're going to jump through a few of these highlighted scriptures here. Ephesians 5, verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolishness talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So... Your, your, what you speak about, look at the weight of what words come out of your mouth in your life. Verse 5, so you, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous, that is an idolater, right, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. What a powerful statement. Has no inheritance. These old self natures can can take us out of the perfect plan of God's inheritance in His kingdom for us. That's how powerful this is. That's why the love walk is a daily walk, not just a destination. Verse 7, Therefore do not become partners with them. Right? For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. This is a big deal. Sometimes you can stay silent. It says take no part. Okay. That's easy to do often. Easier. Not easy. Easier to do. When you see darkness around you, maybe with your relationship or even with somebody you really love, maybe you're in that immoral relationship, it's impure. You can say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take part in that any longer. But there's a bigger part. It says, but instead you must expose them. So you must talk about it. Why do you expose something? Why do you turn the light on something? Because when you turn the light on, the darkness has to go. There is freedom in saying no more. I'm going to stand up and say, this has got to stop. I'm sorry I cannot be a part of this relationship. I'm sorry I can't be a part of this act. I'm sorry I just can't walk with you any longer because this is darkness. And Christ has called me to be in the, in the light. This could be in the workplace. There could be acts um, that you feel, man, that's, that's a little dark. That's not actually godly. Do you continue? It's easy to say, well, I'm not part of it anymore. But do you say something about it? 
Big deal. Okay, verse 12. For it is shameful, shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Right? So are you living with a, with a spirit of shame today? You don't want to be ashamed to the world or even to your relationships, to your friends, even to your wife, your husband, whatever it might be. But you don't, you're no longer in condemnation with Christ. You've got to remember that. Verse 13. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Visible to God first and visible to us. Therefore, it can no longer have its power. Right? As soon as you expose something to the light, the power that it held in secret, it's a secret. It's going to hold you down. It's a chain. As soon as you go, no more. Cut it. I'm going to expose this for what it is. It's a lie. It's deceitful above all else. And it's dragging me down. It's tying me up by my neck to a cart of unrighteousness. And I'm being pulled under. Verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. So as soon as you shine the light on it, the light transforms it from darkness into light. As soon as you say, God, anything in my heart today that has been in darkness, the old self, shine your light on me. God wants to walk intimately with you and I. That's why every day is the 14th. It's the love walk. So he says this, therefore it says, awake, O sleeper. So many of us are asleep to these sins, are asleep to these little things, maybe some big things, or we've been calloused, our, our conscience, conscious, consciences. Man, I can't say that word today. It's like a tongue twist. You know what I mean. The calluses have got heavy. Your feeling has gone. You've lost that spark. You've lost your first love for God. God says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead. God doesn't mince his words, does he? <laughs> right? He says, get up, and Christ will shine on you. Wow. This is the love walk from death. He says, you wake up, come out of death, and my light will shine upon you and transform you from dark into light, from old into new. Walk with me. Talk with me. God says, I know you more intimately than you know yourself. I know the thoughts you have in your mind before the actions come. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I know you. But can you trust me with that? He says, I will make all things new. So today, that's really my message. If the Lord has touched your heart in any area where you know that the light hasn't been turned on, it hasn't shone on your heart in that specific area, here's an opportunity to start your love walk afresh. It's the most ultimate Valentine's gift that God has given us. Arise, O sleeper, wake up from the dead, and let Christ shine his light on you. So I've got a song. I've got a great song here. It says, You Know My Name. And as we play it, I would love for you guys just to be intimate with God. Don't be scared. Don't be ashamed. He only shines the light on these things because he wants to cut it off from you. He wants to help you cast it off. Tanan. Completely 
be fully immersed in this love this morning. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word that cuts like a double-edged sword, Lord God. And, that, and I just pray, Lord, that today that your love would truly draw us to you, Lord God. It is your love that saves us, Lord God. And the power of your blood, Lord God, has, has broken every chain in our lives. And I just pray that this morning, any area, Lord God, where you have highlighted in our own personal walks with you, Lord, that you would make known. And from today, Lord God, as we come to you with a heart of repentance and a thankful heart, Lord God, uh, Father, that we would be transformed once and for all, Lord God. We thank you that we walk in the light as you are in the light. We just love you and we thank you for the ultimate romance with you, Lord God, on this Valentine's Day that we walk in love with you each and every day of our lives. Yeah, we praise you in, my, in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat>